Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Small doses. Self-help from the hip. Small doses. We're talking that shit. Small doses. And keeping it real. Small doses. With me and Nancy Seals. So funky. Ah, fame. The topic of today's episode is side effects of fame. I'm going to live forever. I'm going to learn how to fly. Fame. You didn't think I was going to hit the note, but I did. Yes. I really feel like this is an important topic to discuss. And not just because I am experiencing a new level of fame. No, no. It's because fame has become like a real part of our society in a very different way than it was when I was growing up. There's so many levels of fame. And it feels like so many folks are scratching and clawing to get to any level of fame that they can muster. You know, I saw someone the other day who had screenshot the audience from my special and circled their friend who was like in the back corner of the picture. And she said, my homegirl is famous. She's on the screen in the audience at Amanda Seals special. And I was like, how does that make her famous? But it was just the concept that she was being seen made her feel like her friend was famous. And then I'm like, but why is that even a thing? Like, what is the value in that title? And I think that's what I want to talk about today. The realities of what fame is versus what people think it is, what it brings. And as we know, Christopher Wallace once famously said, more money, more problems. However, there are other things that happen with fame that you can't even anticipate, both bad and good. For instance, the other day, I went to an audition. I got there too early. I sat outside with everybody else. And then the auditioner uh, assistant came and said, Amanda, would you want to sit in the, in the back room? And I was like, there's a back room? And I was taken to a cozy dwelling, offered water or tea, where I was allowed to just sit and go over my lines and wait for my audition. Because I'm famous. And as I always say, hashtag sometimes famous fun. Let's get into it. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. <laughs> Today's gem drop. Is fame versus prestige. Important distinctions to make. Now, at this point, fame simply just means people know your name. Or not even your name. They just know of your existence. And fame, I think at one point, people felt like fame meant that you, by nature of having people know your name, meant that you had accolades, that you had done something to earn this um, that was of note. And then eventually I feel like it became, you know, kind of uh, blurred between fame and infamous. 
So you can be famous and you can be infamous, but regardless, people know you. So ta-da. You know, it's like Casey Anthony is infamous. However, <laughs> Johnny Cochran was famous. I use Johnny Cochran because he is also a part of the legal system. Um, I think that it's it's an important distinction to make between even just fame and infamous because it just seems like some people don't even care whether they're one or the other as long as people know who they are. And that, to me, is when I start looking at you sideways because the reality is is that why does it matter if people know who you are? What does that mean? For some people, it's because they didn't really get the love that they should have gotten when they were younger. And by people knowing who they are, it makes them feel like they are appreciated. It makes them feel like they are loved. It makes them feel like they have a connection to the earth then there's people who fame just makes them feel like they have purpose you know like people knowing who they are and people like adoring them makes them feel like they have somewhere to plant their flag and to you know look at their their existence as meaningful for other people fame is simply about access you know people want to be able to have access into certain spaces and status just to feel like you know they are above other people and that they have power and they have hierarchy at the end of the day though fame is empty Fame does not necessarily mean that you have done anything of value. It simply just means that you are a name or a likeness that a mass amount of individuals are aware of. That's it. Which brings us to prestige. Now, prestige, in my opinion, is more valuable than fame because prestige denotes somebody who is being honored or valued or uplifted based on the merits of their work. You can be famous without doing anything worthwhile, but you cannot be prestigious without doing something of value. I know that when you hear the word prestigious, you think like elitism. You think like ivory tower. You might think that it's a class thing. And I think in, in a number of contexts that might be the case, but in this context and the way I refer to it is more of you've done something that elevates. So when I say elite, I'm not saying elite based on money. I'm not saying elite based on legacy or lineage. I'm saying elite based on a pursuit of betterment of us all, a pursuit of betterment within your craft or within your science or your trade. And that to me is a certain level of excellence that is elite. And when we look at prestige, it's about somebody who is being acknowledged for wanting to elevate. And that is more valuable to me than fame. I would rather have the prestige of someone acknowledging like, hey, that, that thing, thing you did was dope. dope. That, that, that meant something to me and this is why. Then someone being like, wait, wait ain't you that, that girl? Be and I can speak to that from both sides because for a long time, that's who I was. Ain't you that girl? Ain't you that girl from, man, did you go to Piedmont? You know, like people always thought I went to high school with them. I done been to everybody's high school in the United States of America. You go to Lawson. Did you go to McPherson? You shit. You did go to McPherson. No, I didn't. Everybody knows what high school I went to. I went to Dr. Phillips High School, the illustrious home of the Panthers, never less than the best. DP. Ah, DP. But I digress. When we look at fame and prestige, we also have to ask ourselves, what are we aspiring to in what we're doing? If we are just doing things because we want people to know who we are, then 
that to me is a fruitless effort. And at the end of the day, if people know who you are, well, what do they know you for? And if they know you for nothing, for bullshit, for being a fool, for being silly, for being extra, for being sexy, for having a fat ass, for having a very mediocre ass that looks like a fat ass because you're wearing Lululemon pants and you're always doing squats on your Instagram, is there really anything noteworthy in that other than your ability to get a check? Now, if it's just about getting a check, then say that. You know, but let's not act like what it is. That's why people get so upset with the Kardashians, because at the end of the day, like their their notoriety is not notable. It's simply just they're known. They're known for being known. (laughs) That's what it is. But I aspire. And I think those of us who who consider the work first and the fame simply a byproduct of it, we aspire to prestige. We aspire to creating that which has a level of alchemy to it because you made something from nothing. And in doing so, it needs to be upheld and it needs to be lauded and it needs to be respected. And the prestige is about your work, not about you. And when you pursue that, that's when you realize that the ego is what really drives fame. But it's the creativity that drives prestige. First question. Do you think there is a responsibility with fame? And do you think fame will hold any importance in the future? Well, I definitely think there's a responsibility with fame. I I know a lot of people don't agree with me on that. Like they feel like I'm just famous, but that doesn't mean I have to be a role model, etc. But I think fame is power. As we learned from the uncle from Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. Now, some might say, Amanda, why are you quoting the uncle from Spider-Man? Because ever so often comics get it right. (laughs) And I believe that that is correct. With great power does come great responsibility. That's why you can't have one person in control of the nuclear weapons. There's got to be like a whole room of people who have to turn the key. That's why when you're on the Supreme Court, everyone has to be in a majority for a law to get passed because you are literally determining the laws of the land. So you have to have a responsible set of people, which is why it's trash that we literally have a Supreme Court full of irresponsible people because they have so much power. But I say that to say that I feel like fame means that you have a platform. And if you have a platform, knowing that there are so many ills going on in the world, knowing that there are so many, like, discrepancies and inconsistencies it allows you to use your visibility to, to affect change in a way that someone who doesn't have that may not have the ability to do and so of course I feel like fame uh, definitely holds a certain level of responsibility to it I feel like in my in my case it is my responsibility with every level of visibility I get to use that to speak out about inconvenient truths, to speak against uh, oppression and discrimination, and to also show you like great outfits that will inspire you in your fashion and your creativity of the day. And lastly, I really feel like it's my job as somebody who is in a public position and in a quote unquote position of fame to uplift others. And that can be like by speaking positivity, by speaking truths, but also like giving jobs to folks and 
acknowledging the abilities in others and being able to give them a space to shine the way that people have given me a space to shine and the way that I've created my own spaces to shine. So do I think fame will matter in the future? I mean, who knows, right? Who knows? For all intents and purposes, I've been watching The Expanse, which is a very sci-fi program about the future. I mean, fame still matters then because I don't know if it's just about like humankind, but there's certain there's something about leadership within the human race and what it means for movement. And that could mean movement towards challenging social inept ineptitudes or <laughs> movements in terms of like nomadic happenings it's like time we time to leave this place we got to go over here but fame and being at the forefront and being a visible face that people want to trust or that people can assign um support to and sincerity to i think within our humankind i don't see that ever going away or else we'll become gattaca i mean the outfits would be dope but i don't think it's a practical way of life next question when was the moment you whispered to someone or yourself, think I'm famous? I was in Washington, D.C., and uh, a homeboy of mine was going through a tough time, so I was like, I'm making it my business to hang out while we're there to cheer him up. So me and my really good homegirl, we went and met him and his homeboy, and we went out for a town, for the night on the town in D.C., and we were at this first spot and it was like a vendor slash party slash like cultural gathering. And it was definitely like uh, the Shea Butter Blacks. OK, definitely like a lot of head wraps, a lot of natural styles. The, the soaps and the butters was out. It was beautiful. beautiful. It smelled beautiful as well. And we were sitting in a room that had like a big glass window because it was in this like shopping center type area that had like shops within a big space. So basically they had like emptied out the shops and you could like sit in each shop and like one shop had like ice cream, another shop had food, like another shop had like a bunch of different vendors. So that's why there was like this big glass plane. So we're sitting in there and this woman is waving through the glass plane. And my homeboy is like, Oh, shit. I'm like, what? He's like, yo, I thought this woman was waving at me. And I said to myself, yeah, still got it. And I just realized she's waving at you. Yo, you did it, kid. You made it. <laughs> Yo. It was wild to see 
him say that. I feel like I've I've been in this space for a minute now. I mean, it's a new element now that I've dropped the special, but it's been growing. But for him, he hadn't hung out with me like in public like that in a minute. So I think for him, it was like the realization happened. And this is somebody who's known me since 1999. This is somebody who's seen the grind. This is somebody who's been to like my graduation parties and my shows and, you know, helped me produce shit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think for him in that moment, it was like oh word that shit is crazy and as the night went on we went to two different spaces we went to like this other place it was a party that was like in like a very bougie black uh scenario and then we went to like a a ratchet ass place so we were in like three different realms of blackness and at with and with each place that we were at i was getting recognized and i was getting love and that was also the night that i realized (gasps) you black famous famous. because (laughs) that shit blew my mind like they all knew that like in each of these spaces folks were reverent folks were admiring of my work and were kind and it was really like a special feeling and to to be honest like DC that was the night that I realized that like I'd had a turn because I used to hate going to DC because every time I would go to DC some fuck shit would happen this is went on for like 10 years and that was the night that everything changed and now DC has become like one of my biggest markets we literally have the Kennedy Center residency going down in June and we sold out the last night at the Kennedy Center within like 24 hours and we still have Smart Funny in Black and we still have tickets available for Mobeta Woo and I just appreciate DC for like being this place that shows love and also that was the first place that I really truly realized like yo the community that I really wanted to like understand and embrace me uh, as in my community really does and once I have that like I, I mean, I have all the riches I need. <laughs> this person literally put, Oof, I have one. How do you contend with the value of your humanity being framed in the lens of your relevancy as an entertainer? Do you find it harder with social media for people to separate that you are indeed valuable, regardless of if they appreciate whatever you partake in professionally? That was a few. Um... I don't find it harder, but I think social media makes it harder for a lot of folks to like truly understand that you're a human being and that regardless of if you are making this art or not, you're still valuable. Like people definitely love to be like, you're not relevant. And it's like, well, I'm still like alive. So relax. Um, But the first part of the question, how do you contend with the value of your humanity being framed in the lens of your relevancy as an entertainer? Yeah, I think that the 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 part that's throwing me off with that is that I think that it's not even about the relevancy of an entertainer. I think some people really just feel like once you're an entertainer, they don't really view you as human anymore. They really kind of decide that like you're on this other plane, that you don't have the same level of feelings, that you don't have struggle, that you don't have like personal experiences that you want to keep private. They just feel like once you are in this place, you are now for the taking. And I think social media has absolutely made it feel like everyone is accessible. And if you put your life out there, then now it's up, like it's up for grabs. If you didn't want people to talk about your life, you shouldn't have existed in social media. You shouldn't have existed in the public eye. 
Well, you know, sometimes it's also like happening outside of your control. I mean, I don't necessarily like have control over everything that gets put out about me. If I'm out somewhere and someone takes a picture of me unbeknownst to me, like that's not my choice to put that out in the public eye. Maybe I was trying to do something that was just, you know, casual. And now they have made it into this whole like, oh, Amanda Steele is out in the town. That's not my control. That's celebrity culture. And I think that's what it is. It's like celebrity is not just another word for fame. I feel like celebrity has become this other word for a different kind of human, you know? And it's like they treat celebrities different than they treat humans. And it's wild because sometimes it works in your favor. I'm not even going to say that like, oh, it's all bad. It's definitely very helpful sometimes to be of this like other class of human because people definitely will like give you more or they will and not just give you more in like the tangible, like give you more leeway sometimes, you know, they'll give you more leniency, etc. But at the end of the day, it's like I'm still a human and so I still should be treated equally in certain spaces. I think when it when it's okay to me is when it's like, yeah, I am at this point where I should be treated this way just because I put in time, you know, because it's, it's less of being a celebrity as much as it's seniority, right? And as much as it's like, this is just the hierarchy of like, you're a vet, you know, we should treat our veterans well, which by the way, we should treat our veterans better. Like we treat comedy veterans better than we treat war veterans. That's, That's a, a fact. fact. So I think it's really about just the understanding of there's this definite dichotomy that folks have come up with and that the media has 100% pushed that says that if you have status, whether it be because of money or fame, that you should be managed differently. And not every time is that a good thing. And on social media, it's 1 million percent a lot of times measured by people being like, I can say what I want to you because you're a celebrity and even if I hurt your feelings, you have more money than me so you can manage it better. That's at the bottom line what people really be thinking, you That's really it. They're just like, no, I can say, I can be mean to you because these other three people say nice things to you and then you have people who date you and feel like, oh, I don't want to give you compliments because you get compliments online all the time. I've been told that before. Like, I don't want to big you up and, and blow your head up because you're always getting love from strangers. So now that means that I shouldn't get love from people I know? I mean, that's not even, like, that's insane to me. And getting admiration from individuals who appreciate your work is one thing. But it's also, like, you want admiration from people who appreciate your character. And I feel like, as a celebrity, per se, you don't really get the opportunity to really show that. I think I'm a very unique case because the thing that pushed my um, quote-unquote fame over the edge was gathering Caitlyn Jenner on the Katy Perry video. And so it wasn't that I had created an artwork that necessarily made me famous. I had demonstrated character. And that is what got me to another level of awareness. And it's very rare that you get the opportunity to display that um, on such a large platform. I mean, the special, I think, has definitely, like, helps solidify for people like oh this is somebody who's more than just a voice like she's an artist and there's going to be more of that to come but I think I had a very very unique experience that a lot of people don't get which is the opportunity to gain their footing and their visibility based on not being a dick last question how do you navigate to maintain a good balance and stay grounded well I think part of it is keeping people around you that are not around you based on 
your fame. <laughs> They're around you because you guys have things in common ethically or interest-wise, but it's not about like, oh, I'm a fan, and so that's why I'm here. Don't get me wrong. Like, your peoples should definitely, you know, ideally be fans of your work, but they're not there based on the fact that, like, they just are happy to be there. That's when you run into trouble, and that's also, like, in terms of hiring people. You don't want to hire people that are only there just because they're fans of your work because they're not going to really be the best um, – objective voices when you're trying to make decisions on how to make new work on how to advance like they're you know for all intents and purposes um gonna default to the the whole yes men you know uh rhetoric which is never helpful so that's part of it too i don't keep yes men around me i don't keep people around me who yes me to death i keep people around me who are gonna question me about things who are gonna challenge me but who are also not gonna be antagonistic either and who are not going to just be contrarians because that's not helpful either um and i think i I just have a really 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 healthy dose of self-awareness um maybe maybe too much sometimes i feel like sometimes my humility ventures into a space of self-doubt that is not helpful and the balance comes in making sure that you're not coming from a place of arrogance but a place of confidence and I always talk about the fact that I feel like confidence is rooted in facts and that you have to kind of let your ego dissolve and your id and all of that and get to the core of like well what is it that you're really about what is it that you're really doing and really stay rooted to that and you should be balanced because you know this thing this celebrity this fame this entertainment whatever it really is a current that pulls you in whatever direction it's going. And you want to make sure that even if you are moving with the current, that you are rooted and you're rooted in a foundation that's made of your own. I think I was very fortunate that this new surge of fame that I'm experiencing is coming at a later point in my life. I've already established who I am for myself. I didn't let this industry define me. I defined myself. It was not easy. I always say that, you know, I knew it would take longer to get to the top because I was carrying my integrity with me. So I was already a whole person by the time I reached a point where people were going to be picking away at me. So when you're a whole person and you get to that point, there's a, you just have a lot thicker skin and there's a lot like more of you formed because you're going to have to be giving a lot of you up. So you want to be able to have a strong core. And if you can work on some regenerative techniques on how to get back to the middle. Shout out to India Irie. Come back to the middle. Come back to the middle. And when I say come back to the middle, I mean like get on your square. Get to your safe space. And get back to like you determining how you're moving and not just being moved. That's why I always say like regardless of how famous you get for some other shit, keep working on your shit. Don't ever let you getting acknowledged by being in somebody else's dream deter you from continuing to develop and to nurture and to fortify your own dream. Yeah, I'm on Insecure. That's Issa dream. It's great for me to be on Insecure. That definitely has helped advance me. I am honored to be a part of an iconic show. But I had to make sure that I continued to hone and grow my own dreams because what happens is you then get all up in theirs and they're doing them. And they don't owe you shit. They can take that from you at any time and they have every right to. 
They don't know you shit. So you have to always make sure that you're building up your own space. Don't ever be working harder for somebody else that you, than you working for yourself. Never. And I always say like L.A. and New York. New York makes artists. L.A. makes stars. And I got an opportunity when I was coming up in New York. And I don't know if it's the same now as it was back then. But in New York, I felt like so much of how I was developing was based on me and my grind. And it was more of a personal struggle than in LA which just feels like it's so much more related to like how other people are viewing you and how you're networking and how you're relating to other people and that is so super duper taxing because you're having to like mold to all of these other people that don't give a fuck about you New York just didn't feel like that was the process it just didn't feel like I was more so just like molding to the city and dealing with the city and the hum and the rhythm of the city and how to like make sure that that wasn't swallowing me up. So I say all of that to say that balance is really difficult because we are also living in just an imbalanced society. You know, it's like you have this money that comes up, but then there's a drought in like creative opportunities that excite you and on one hand, you're like, wow, like I'm really excited about like these funds. But on the other hand, you're just like, damn, but I don't feel inspired, you know? So then it's like, am I being, am I being ungrateful by not being inspired? No, but these are realities. And then it's like, damn, I have all these people praising me, praising me, praising me, praising me. But yet I'm being dumped like a day after I'm sitting under a billboard with somebody. And you're like, wait, what? So like the balance is these extremes that are happening that you're somehow trying to find like what is the median place of like comfort um, and what is the median place of like, okay, I'm back on a wavelength. I know for me in the recent like release of my special and just like the tour, et cetera, my work has been trying to catch up to the change that has already happened in my life. So like I have elevated in terms of status, I elevated in terms of money, I've elevated in terms of like creative awareness, but like me as Amanda, it's like I have to like catch up to like what that means. And it's like you it's almost like you feel like you're lagging behind, but then you don't know how to change until you see the changes that have taken place. So then you have to adjust to that and it can feel oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness, it can just feel very um, frustrating, especially when you're a perfectionist, to not necessarily naturally know how to adjust, to not necessarily naturally know how to manage these new spaces and people. And you think like, oh, well, I mean, why would anyone have trouble adjusting to praise? I'm telling you, if that change is change. Change is change. Whether it's good or bad, change is change. And change can be difficult to adjust to. And not to say that it's difficult in a negative way, not to say that it's like draining you, but it is definitely a real like molting process that you're going through to get to be a butterfly but it doesn't change the fact that you had to molt i be molting so all of that is real it's something that people don't talk about this is why people end up on drugs y'all this is why famous people end up drinking this is why because it's it's a space that's doesn't make sense fame for all intents and purposes is like inconscionable when you go viral, it's like the most weird, bizarre experience because you're literally watching an entire world become aware of you. 
in real time. You know, the people before us didn't have to do that. It didn't happen instantaneously. They didn't sit there and have to experience it. So it's like, you know, it's like a G-force. Whenever you watch any of these, like, sci-fi shit and they have to go in G-force, like, their bodies can't handle it because they're moving so fast and their bodies are not accustomed to moving that fast. And that's what fame is. It's like your body in G-force. You're moving so much faster than your body is naturally used to and you have to train to be able to manage that. And that's why, like, you see astronauts, like, when they'd be doing all that training and shit, that's what that's about. So, yeah, the balance is a doozy. I try and go in my hot tub as often as possible and watch Game of Thrones with my cat to get my balance. You know what side effects of fame is? Let me tell you a side effect of fame. A side effect of fame is you, 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 you feel like shit. People can make you feel like shit for not having time for them anymore. For not having time to think about their shit anymore. Because you're balancing and managing so much other shit. And no, you're not just balancing and managing your career. Now, you have people who are on your payroll. So, like, you have to keep your career going so that you can pay for their life livelihood so that you can pay for their lives then you have to keep your pay, your career going because you have to pay for the lawyers and the and the bookkeepers that you and the accountants that you need in place to be able to stay above the board so that you can keep your business going so that you can keep those people employed aside from the fact that you find out that your art is moving people so you don't want to stop giving people the art that's helping them the art that's advancing them so you have to keep going keep going Going, keep going. But the more famous you get, the more people around you feel like you should be helping them and that they now have access to somebody who can elevate their shit. And what they don't do is they don't stop to think for a second that maybe you really are busy and not with some futile shit. Not with some like, oh, I, you know, I'm just into myself. I'm being selfish. No, you're not. That's not the kind of busy you are. But they say shit to you without the concept of let me give some level of reverence to the fact that this person is juggling a lot. I just had somebody send me a text like, are you getting my messages? I need a spoken word artist. I have a grant. You know what I don't have? Time. I also don't know spoken word artists. I also haven't done spoken word in for fucking ever. If you want to ask me about a comedian, I can maybe give you a reference when I have time. But how about you have some fucking respect for my time? That is a side effect of fame. Shit. People I like. Yeah. For today's people I like, I would like to honor one of the almighty kings of fame. Prince. I feel like Prince just did fame and celebrity right. He had a certain mystique that you literally can't even get away with at this point in our world's history of technology. You can't have the Prince mystique with the way that we have to operate with social media now. But for his time, he really just deftly balanced giving us all of himself musically, 
but keeping the private and the personal to himself in a way that didn't feel like he was cutting people off. It just felt like he was not offering up that part of his life. And that's a very hard thing to do, especially in this day and age, because people feel like if you are not showing everything that you're being like fraudulent or, you know, dubious. And, you know, you can take a note from Prince because whenever Prince was on stage, if he was not performing, he still was so choosy with his words. And he made sure that any public appearance attached to his fame was not gratuitous. This is a man who wore a shirt with himself on it to watch his own tribute. And during said tribute, gave shade. Do you understand the levels involved with giving shade while you're wearing a shirt of yourself? I mean, that is Olympic level, okay? Olympic level. But Prince, I think, was like one of the last of a dying breed. Like I said, a lot of it is because of technology, but I think partially because he was somebody who really, really was dedicated to, I am going to make art, and that's what you're going to know me for, my art and my work. I remember when I was changing my name from Amanda Diva back to Amanda Seals, and people were like, oh my God, you can't change your name because that's how people know you. And it's like, no, people know me for my work. And I remember citing Prince. I was like, Prince was able to be a symbol and y'all still were supporting because we loved the work. The work was what was rooted in. It wasn't the name. He could be anything. Literally, he was a symbol. And that was inspiration to me because that was him saying, y'all could do whatever you want in terms of the powers that be and the gatekeepers, et cetera, but you're not going to stop me from doing what I was put here to do. And he defied celebrity and fame by sticking to his integrity of his work and really just being about that. And I, I always cringe and just get sad at how he passed. And, you know, that with all that he had given us and all that he represented, that he ended up passing away by himself in a fucking elevator. I mean, that's just, ugh, it's criminal. But I really do believe that um, he's somebody that really gave us an example of what it is to have fame and prestige and also retain your own legacy by your own terms. That, that one time? <laughs> I went to school at Dr. Phillips High School and there was a myriad of different groups of people who went to DP. Some were from the hood, middle class, upper class, etc. And we were also the school that was zoned for this very upscale neighborhood in Orlando. And everyone lived in that neighborhood. Charles Barkley lived in that neighborhood. Um, like all of the basketball players. And Tiger Woods. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember the name of the neighborhood. Like it's like right on the tip of my tongue. And um, so fast forward, I came home for Christmas one year and I ran into 
the one black guy that went to our high school that lived in that neighborhood. We'll call him Jay because I don't even want to give him the props of his name. So Jay and I had dinner and he was like, man, I, I really understand like, you know, I understand now like what it must be like to, to really experience fame, you know? And I was like, no, I don't know. What are you fucking talking about? <laughs> and he was like, well, you know, I mean, uh, ever since I made the call, uh, my life has just been very different. Again, what are you talking about? He's like, don't you know? I'm who called 911 for Tiger Woods. When Tiger Woods, <laughs> you guys, Rebecca and Brendan's faces just now. Oh, when Tiger Woods got in that fateful car accident and he hit that tree, he hit the tree on Jay's parents' front lawn. And Jay came outside because he was his next door neighbor and called the police, called 911 for Tiger Woods. The call was recorded. And of course, due to Tiger's fame, it was played on several outlets. And he was named in the recording. Thus became his experience as a newly dubbed famous person. So this man sat there and really legit told me about how like, you know, it was a new experience and that he was going to be capitalizing off of it and that he was going to figure out how to really make this become something. Now, I feel like I have definitely dated certain people because of low like self-esteem and just bad, like bad, like lack of experience. But then I have to believe that there are other people that I've dated simply because I knew Maybe not consciously, but subconsciously, this is going to be a really good story. This is one of those times. I, 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 I continued to spend time with Jay and listen to him go on about this mayhem. One time we literally got on the phone and he was just like, I feel like you just don't respect my fame. <laughs> And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And as he, he was like, I just feel like you just like, you know, we're just not on the same level. We're just not on the same level. And I was like, can you define the level for me? And he was like, well, I mean, like I Googled myself today. <laughs> First of all, that sentence alone is mayhem. And I had over, and then he proceeded to tell me how many hits he had on Google. And he was like, you know, I am legitimately somebody that people are paying attention to and that they're aware of. And I was like, I mean, okay. And he was like, but I feel like you don't respect that. And I was like, well, and he was like, you know, we don't, we, we're not the same. We're not in the same boat. And I'm like, no shit. No kidding. And he then would attempted to tell me that like, basically because I didn't respect his fame 
um, and the way that he was going to continue to wield it, he was going to start, literally, he was like, I'm going to create a website where people have to pay to listen to the 911 call. No one cares this much. They don't. But he had been so immediately drunk with fame. It was crazy. And the fame was based on nothing. The fame was literally based on doing what you should do as just a basic, like, civilian good Samaritan. You see that someone is hurt, you call for help. So, like, that is what you, I mean, it was, and and in hindsight, I feel like it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad that he felt like that was all he had to stand on to gain, like, any level of status, even though he came from like an incredibly wealthy family. Isleworth. That was the name of the neighborhood, Isleworth. And one day he said to me that he just felt that I was not who he thought I was. Because I was a woman who was probably going to remain single Because just like all other independent black women, I just, you know, I I, I say too much and I need to know when to hold my tongue. And my favorite quote was when he said to me, you know, one day I'm going to be a deacon. Do you think you have what it takes to be my deaconess? (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Do you think you have what it takes to be my deaconess, Rebecca? <laughs> Rebecca! Can you be my deaconess? Uh, can you be my... Uh, can you be my deaconess? Ooh! <laughs> that, I want to see Jagged Edge reunite just to sing that song. Uh, can you be my... Can you be my deaconess? I was giving you all the harmonies just now. Yeah. That really happened all because someone felt that they were famous just because of something that had been put into the public space and arena. So they didn't make him famous by giving him a false sense of celebrity. He just felt by the fact that now people are aware of his existence, it was his, like, I guess his right that he was owed this type of awareness. I I don't know. So I gracefully bowed out of that situation. Um, but it still makes for a great story. And I don't know what he's doing today. But yeah, that's an example of when fame goes wrong. There's many examples of when fame goes wrong. But I think the biggest is when people forget that there really is no true bottom to this thing. There's no true value to these to this thing. And then once you have to start creating value out of things that are not valuable, it really shows who you are as a person. And that's why when I see these Instagram accounts where people are quote unquote famous because they wear bikinis, I'm like, I guess. Um, I hope there's more to you than that. I hope there's more that you're looking for than that. I hope your quest is bigger than that because that's not going to last forever. And that is very, very surface. I just told somebody the other day who I've known for 20 years. 
Like, I hope that in our continuing friendship and our continuing uh, commitment to growing and learning more about each other, I hope that you get the opportunity to love me for my character and not just for my brains and my body and my talent, because those are things that everybody has access to, that everybody gets to see. But you get access to me on a personal level, and those are the things that I want you to love me for, What the things that you uncover in that space. And that's what we have to remember as fans. We're not getting to know these people on a personal level. We're not getting to be in that space with them. So there always has to be a consciousness of the distance between you and the people that you consider famous and the reality of the fact that that distance is real. That distance is not some made-up shit. That distance is not... um, a matter of like disrespect or lack of access that distance is there because you don't really know them you know their work you know what they show you by choice on these social media platforms but you don't know their inner workings and you owe them the respect of that and I feel like sometimes people really don't understand that and they really come at me sideways and they come at other people sideways at attacking them in ways that are like impractical for somebody who's a stranger. And that's why like in curating my own fame and my own celebrity, like I really try and make sure that y'all understand like I'm not here for that. That's a byproduct of the work that I make. And so therefore I don't revel in it, which is why when I'm in the street and I'm just living my life, I don't take pictures. I don't take pictures because I don't even want to incur or inspire or in in um, enable the celebrity lifestyle of thinking that like, oh, I'm on a higher plane. No, when we're out in the world, like I'm out in the world. I'm at this grocery store. I'm at Topshop. I mean, I was at Topshop and a girl literally walked up and was like two inches from my face and went ah! and clapped in my face. And it scared the shite out of me. It really, really did. But I I get it. But it was just like, I said, ma'am, you can't do that. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. She was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just love you. And I'm like, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. That's why I told you all my favorite greeting is like what Jerry Seinfeld says. He's like, I love New York because when you're walking through New York, people don't stop you. People don't feel upset if you're not, you know, trying to take a picture. They just keep it moving. It's a drive-by acknowledgement. Jerry. And they keep it going. That's my favorite. Amanda, thank you. Yes, girl. I be knowing. Whatever. Okay, polka dots. Yes. But this whole idea of like, we're going to take a picture at all times, what that supports is this idea that now as a celebrity, you are not your own person and that your time is everybody else's at all times. I had someone say to me, you know, you need to take pictures whenever your fans ask you because your fans are the reason why you matter. Your fans are the reason why you even have any money or why you have any success. And um, I do appreciate su- the, the support that you all give, but I also know that I'm giving you something to love that's coming from a very deep place. I'm giving you work. I'm giving you content. I'm giving you my thoughts and my ideologies from a very, very honest and sincere place. And I don't by any means attempt to undermine the value of that the same way that I don't undermine the value of what it means for you all to acknowledge that. We a team. Squad up. The last dose. So keep in mind, 
as you yourself are moving through the world, be careful when you hear people talk about being in pursuit of fame. Fame should never be the goal. Fame should be the byproduct. Mm. 